Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsm radio.org. Now, here's our show today. Welcome once again to the Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. This is Chris Wilde, and Francis Ball has joined us again today as once more we're exploring the Book of Romans in our current study. Francis, welcome back. It's nice to have you with us again. It's always good to be here in this wonderful Life Study Well, we're somewhat at the midpoint, Francis, in our study of Romans, and I think it'd be helpful if you'd briefly, well, summarize for us the central focus of this book that has been dubbed, as we've mentioned before, the Gospel of God. Well, this book of Romans is called the Gospel of God because it gives us the full gospel, including the judicial redemption by Christ's death and the organic salvation in his resurrection life. The focus, the focus of the revelation of this book is that God is making sons out of sinners to form the body of Christ, to express Christ. In this book, we have seen also that God is expressed in the Son, Jesus Christ, and further, that the Son is expressed in a body. We have seen, and we will see further, that the body is expressed in the local churches. That's the gospel of God, and the Romans, as we've also indicated, has been called the fifth gospel. Right. It's a wonderful opening and a wonderful presentation to this portion of the Word. Let's join Witness Lee now with today's life study. This book shows us in a full way that we were constituted sinners. We were made by God men righteous men. But after we were made men by God, something was injected into our being. That was because of the fall of man. The fall of man not only was that man made a mistake. If that was only man making a mistake, it would not be quite serious. But in the fall, something transpired more serious than making a mistake. Let me tell you a little 
story. This may be a good illustration. You know, in a home, there is a bottle of poison. The mother told the boy, don't touch that. But one day the mother left home. The boy went to touch it. And something out of that bottle got into the boy. It caused not only that that boy made a mistake, but the most serious thing was that uh, some poison got into that boy. The mother wouldn't care for the mistake made by the boy, but the mother I tell you, rather care so much for what? For the poison that got into the boy. Most of Christians only thought that man made a mistake in taking the fruit of the tree of knowledge. Man disobeyed God. But not many do realize by taking the fruit of the tree of knowledge, something got into man, something evil, something satanic, something devilish, got into man. And what is this something? I tell you, this is termed by the Bible, sin. Sin is not just tell a lie. Sin is not just to steal something from others. These stealing, telling lies are fruits of sin. They are not sin itself. And we know this sin is the nature of Satan. So if you read this book, Chapters 5, 6, 7, 8, you could see, as we pointed out already, sin, this matter of sin, is like a person. It's personified. And it can reign over you. It can even deceive you. So it is something living. The nature of the evil Satan. Why or how we were constituted sinners? Because sin got into man. In regards how much good you have done or how much evil I have done, that doesn't mean much. The most thing that matters <laughs> is that sin is now in your being. Sin brought in flesh. Sin brought in the law. So, as we have seen, we have three problems. Sin, law, and flesh. Sin also caused another problem. That is death. Death comes in through sin. Sin <laughs> issues in three things. Law, flesh, and death. Francis, this first portion today presented us with one of the, I think, classic illustrations that came out of the life study of Romans. 
this picture of the young child, the little boy who disobeys his parents and takes the poison into him, really unveils in a tremendous way the real problem that we're faced with in the fall, doesn't it? I really am impressed with this story too, Chris. This disobedience of the boy and the poison getting into him is a very good illustration. I believe most people hearing about the fall of man only have considered that Adam disobeyed God by taking the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But that kind of consideration failed to realize that Adam ate the fruit and even constituted him with sin. That means that the sinful nature of Satan entered into man, making man, that is Adam, a person created by God, now the very expression of Satan instead of the expression of God. As Brother Lee said, in taking the fruit of the tree of knowledge, something satanic got into man. Therefore, the sins of stealing, telling lies, being proud, losing our temper, are the fruits of this sinful nature. So we have to conclude that sin is not just an act we've performed, but it's the poisonous evil nature of Satan expressed through us. That is a radically different view, a much deeper view than just the understanding that, yes, the disobedience was a problem, but certainly the greater problem was the ingesting of the sin element into our being. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for more of our life study. Romans chapter 5 tells us that we all were constituted sinners because sin came in. Then chapter 6 tells us that we are freed from sin. Then chapter 7 tells us that we are freed from the law. Chapter 8 tells us that we are freed from the flesh. We are freed from sin because our old man has been crucified. Our body of sin uh, is made jobless. So (laughs) we don't need to serve sin as a slave. We have been freed from law because we had a funeral and at the same time we had a wedding. We lost our old husband and we married to a new. So what? So we are afraid from the law. Now, from what we are afraid in chapter 8? From the flesh. How? By walking according to the spirit, we are afraid from the flesh. We are freed from sin by our old man being crucified and our body of sin being made of non-effect. We are freed from law by our old husband being buried. And we are freed from the flesh by walking according to the spirit. But still we have a problem. That is death. Death. How could we be free from death? Every person today is under the reigning of death. Paul, in chapter 7, uses the illustration of covetousness. It's hard to be away from being covetous. 
Then Paul found out, impossible. The more he tried not to be covetous, the more he got to be covetous. So he cried, right to the man I am. Who can rescue me, deliver me from the body of this death? He uses the word this, this death, what death? What death? That the death that is all the time killing him as the matter of covetousness. I tell you, the more you try, the more you will see, instead of being perfect, you are killed. Instead of being spiritual, you are all the time under a kind of killing. This death, that is all the time killing you. Today, it is killing. Death is killing your physical body. And death is also killing your mind, your emotion, your will, your soul, your heart. And it is even the more killing your spirit. Don't think death is something to come. It is more than active. It has more power than you do. I tell you, you can never beat death. Not only every day, let me tell you, every minute, death is killing you. We are constituted sinners. This constituting element, which is sin, is still here. Out of this is the issue of death. Sin and death go together. Romans 8, 2 says, from the law of sin and of death. These are not two laws. These are one law of two elements, sin and death. Where the law of sin is, there the law of death is also. Sin and death always go together. Francis, I thought this was very interesting. These four plaguing problems, sin, the flesh, the law, and death, surely leave us in a position of desperately needing a Savior. Sin and death are mentioned together here in chapter 8, and it seems that even if somehow we could overcome sin, we still have the problem of death, don't we? Yes, that's true. And uh, Chris, I think in this epistle, the Apostle Paul makes it absolutely clear that the cause of the giving of the law which condemns us and the source of the flesh which is at enmity with God and the reason for death itself is sin. Sin is at the root of all these negative things. And you may wonder why I say negative things because uh, I mentioned the law. But the law was given because of the fall. God's intention was to put himself into man, but man failed. And so the law was given to show man what kind of condition he was in in the light of a righteous and holy God. The law of God, which is perfect and requires righteousness, is a big problem to us. We have no ability to keep the law, but rather we are condemned by it. Experientially, we find that when we would do good, Evil is present with us. 
Also, our body, which God created, when he created it, he said, very good. This body became the flesh because of sin. This flesh is at enmity with God. So no matter how much we try to control it and make it behave, whatever we do in our flesh, good or bad, is against God. Chris, no wonder Jesus said to that good man, Nicodemus, in John chapter 3, you must be born anew. And finally, who can resist death? Paul said already in chapter 5, verse 12, that death passed on to all men because all have sinned. Now, don't try to excuse yourself. You and I sin because we are sinners by birth. We need a Savior. Thank you, Francis. Let's go back to Witness Lee for the conclusion of our life study. In Romans 6 and 6, it says, The body of sin. In Romans 7, 24, it says, The body of this death. The body of sin and the body of death. What does this mean? This simply means the body of sin is very powerful in doing sinful things. The body of sin is uh, powerful. All the gamblers would never be tired. But the body of death <laughs> is what? Weakening. Weakening. Let us go to Las Vegas. The body is so active. Well, let us go to church. Oh, I got a cold yesterday. Both my wife you know, and me, we didn't sleep so well. This is the body of death. The body of sin is always active. <laughs> Empowering. But the body of death is always weakening. Who shall deliver me? from the body of this death. Who? The spirit of life. The spirit of life. You just all the time turn to your spirit and walk according to your spirit and behave according to the spirit. Then you will see the spirit of life within your spirit will give life even to your mortal body. Don't believe what your tiredness would tell you. To be dumb is a sign that you are under the killing, the deadening of death. You are under the weakening. You are under the deadening. How are you going to be freed from this? Just to turn to your spirit. And say, praise the Lord. I tell you, (laughs) right away, you may have the sensation, some amount of power strengthen your body. The life will be ministered even into your mortal body. Out of the very fountain in your spirit. The more we experience Romans chapter 8, the more we find that it is too deep in experience. It's easy to recite these verses. But uh, the experience 
is profound, is deep. I tell you, verse 11, the indwelling spirit will give life to our mortal body. You have to take these two verses together. In verse 10, it says, Christ is in us. Christ is in you. On the one hand, your spirit is life, but your body still is dead. Then, in verse 11 says, if this very Christ, who is the spirit in you, is not only in you, but also indwelling you. To have Christ in us is one thing. To have Christ indwell in us is another thing. Christ in you. In verse 10, you have the word it. Christ is in you. We all have this. Christ in you. But in verse 11, it is no more just in, but dwell in you. Is Christ only in you? Or dwelling in you? You need the dwelling of Christ. You need to let him dwell in you. When Christ is in you, your spirit is alive, but your body is still dead. But if you let Christ dwell in you, the indwelling Christ, that is, the indwelling spirit, will impart life from your spirit into your mortal body. Praise the Lord. In Romans 8, 11, it shows us that there is a way. There is a way to get life into our mortal body. And this way is just to let Christ make his home in you. Sin, death, the spirit of life, and Christ. We have all these different elements within us. I'm no more under sin. Now I'm no more under law. Now I'm not under the flesh. Neither I am under the death. Hallelujah. By what way? By having our old man crucified. By walking according to the Spirit. And setting our mind on the Spirit. And staying here. I tell you, eventually, praise Him, we are freed from sin, from love, from flesh, and from death. We are a freed person. Isn't this wonderful? Francis, I believe that we have all had first-hand experience of the phenomenon that's described here, that our body can be one minute fully energized when we're considering something related to the flesh, and then totally weakened even to the point of sleep when we try to engage in some spiritual activity, like praying or reading the Bible. What is the prescription for this kind of illness, Francis? Well, Chris, this illness is really very prevalent even among God's people. We do have the divine life in our spirit. So our spirit is life. However, our body is still too much under the working of death. There is the law of sin and death still operating in our mortal body. So that when we're in ourself, when we're in our flesh, we're energized to do things according to the law of sin and of death. But Praise the Lord. We do have a stronger and higher law in our spirit. 
This law is called the law of the spirit of life. When we call on the Lord, turning to our regenerated spirit, this law gives life even to our mind, giving life and peace. The verse says, the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. This spirit of life is really Christ himself indwelling us. So we have two sources to live by. One is controlled by the law of sin and death. The other is the law of the spirit of life. And this law overpowers the law of sin and death and frees us from the power of sin and death. When we do something sinful, we are energized by the law of sin. But when we attempt to do something spiritual, we're too weak. I've experienced this when reading my Bible or some spiritual books, just telling myself, well, you better take a nap and then come back to read later. And I've tried this, and I get sleepy and tired. But on the way to the bed, my eye catches uh, a newspaper, and suddenly I'm awake and energized. It seems I can fully get into that when I was too tired to get into the Word and get into the prayer life or something, some kind of fellowship. The prescription you ask about, I believe the prescription, and this is according to the Word, for this illness is to turn to our regenerated spirit where the law of the spirit of life is operating. Call on the name of the Lord, and then we experience life I know from experience that when I will turn and touch the Lord in my spirit, I get energized. Francis, so much doctrinal things that we're talking about today. This is really our experience. And Paul was speaking here, not actually from doctrine, but really out of the laboratory. Even he experienced the same phenomenon. That's right. That's what makes it so real to us. We know there was a man called the Apostle Paul who had this same kind of experience. And he experienced the freeing, life-giving spirit as well. I hope we can all mature to such a level. Thank you, Francis. We'll be back again with another life study from the Book of Romans with Witness Lee. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. 
www.thinkingoutloud.com. Thanks for listening.